Today, our Easter message is entitled, Where, Why, and What? We want to answer some basic questions about Easter as we focus on and celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. First off, where does Easter come from? Well, the actual word is based on an old English word that was used to name one of the months in the spring season of the year, maybe April. It's kind of a stretch to think April to Easter, but somehow that happened where an old English name for a springtime month became our word Easter. Now, obviously, around the world, Easter has become the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and it's been observed since the beginning of the church over 2,000 years ago when Jesus rose from the dead and completed his mission and went back to heaven to be with the Father. The early church, in their worshiping Jesus every year, began to have these annual celebrations that we call Easter today. Now, the celebration that we have in the church today is very similar to the Jewish Passover. So think with me a little bit about the Jewish Passover. Think back to your ancient history when the nation of Israel was in slavery to Egypt and they were enslaved there and the people of Israel cried out to God and God sent them Moses. And you'll recall that Moses leads them out of that, excuse me, out of that slavery. God does all these miracles. And so the night they were going to be released by the Egyptians, God said, now I'm going to have to really come in strong on the Egyptians so they'll let you go. And so God said, there's going to be a death angel over the whole nation. And all of you sacrifice the lamb unto me and take the blood and wipe it on the door. And the death angel will pass over your home and no death will come to your home. But it's going to come everywhere that that blood hasn't been Uh, put over the door and so that's what happened the death angel passed over the people of Israel and so after this happened and they were free from Egypt God said to them okay you need to celebrate this every year and have an annual Passover feast to recognize what I did for you and bringing you out of Egypt and so God told them this they were think back now they were an agrarian society they thought in terms of farming and so as such they would pay attention to the moon cycles you know how the new moon affects farming and all that sort of thing and so God said in a certain month in the springtime after a certain moon then celebrate the Passover that's why today our calendar seems funny because Easter is a different day on the calendar every year well that's reflecting the Jewish Passover based on the lunar calendar of the cycles of the moon But the bigger and more important thing that Easter has in common with the Passover is that just as the people of Israel sacrificed those lambs, God sacrificed his lamb, Jesus, for the sins of the world. And so that's why we have it here that Jesus is the final sacrifice for the sins of the world. Now, there are some modern cultural reflections of Jesus all over the world as so many people all over the world are celebrating the resurrection. Now, the general thing that we all have in common in our hemisphere, at least, is springtime is a time of bringing great new green and trees budding and pollen and yellow all over your car, you know, and all that stuff. And Chad's kids have to mow the grass. Isn't it great to have kids at home still? Mine are gone. And even when they come home, they don't mow for me. But anyway, springtime, we think of, you know, life springing forth. Uh, The cultural uh, uh, custom of Easter eggs goes back centuries to ancient Mesopotamia on the Mediterranean world, and they began to color eggs at Easter time as part of the celebration. And originally, they colored them all red to represent the, the blood of Christ. And obviously, an egg represents life 
that can come forth as Jesus came forth from the tomb. And then the Easter bunny, even the Easter bunny has a spiritual parallel to Easter because whether it's in America or part of the Western world where it's a bunny or in Australia where they hate rabbits with a passion because they're vermin like rats. And so in Australia, it's the Easter bilby. And that's their animal that they associate with Easter. But whatever it is, it's always a highly reproductive mammal, okay, that brings forth a lot of new life. So springtime, Easter eggs, the Easter bunny, they all had these spiritual parallels to the new life that you and I can have in Jesus, in Christ. So Easter is all about life. So why then, why do we actually believe in this Easter story I mean, he, that he's just describing and that we see in the Bible? And in case you don't know, I want to give you the very short version of the Easter story. Jesus came to earth. He was born of the Virgin Mary. And he came because God sent him to bridge the gap between people and God. Uh, we, 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 we weren't going to make it. We didn't have that connection. So Jesus came, and at the age of 33 years old, he died on the cross for us. A brutal death, a brutal crucifixion, but three days later, he raised from the dead. He came back to life. And again, that's the extremely short version of the story, but he did that to save us, to forgive us of our sins so that we would have a chance to connect back to God. So I mean, that's the Easter story very briefly. Well, why do we actually believe that? Well, I want to tell you why we believe that. And so it starts, first of all, is this. When uh, years and years and years ago, here's why I believed it, and here's how I learned it. And if you, I'm going to, please forgive me, okay? But I'm going to sing you a song. And if you know this song, uh, and if you know the hand motions that go to this song, because you remember it from years ago, please don't leave me hanging out here by myself and, and do that with me. Here is why, here's, here's one, one, one reason that, that I, I started with, and it was this. I learned this. It goes, I'm so sorry. It goes like this. Yes, Jesus loves me. Oh, no, Come they're on. not helping. We want to hear you. This is good. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay, I didn't remember the in hand motion, but um, encore. I want to hear it again. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to it online starting tomorrow. Oh, there okay, we go. Yeah. Okay, it'll be um, online. So I remember that, and that was good enough for me because the Bible tells me so. That's why I believe in the Easter story. That's why I believe everything. Well, uh, as as I grow up, and and as I you know, I, it's been years since I learned that song, and here I am, a, a grown man. Well, uh, I. I I want to give us a, an adult version of why we believe this stuff. And, and the first thing is this, because ancient eyewitnesses to this event wrote about it, to Jesus dying on the cross, going into the tomb, and coming back to life on the third day, they wrote, they saw this and they wrote about it. And the, the first four guys I want to talk to you about are these four guys named Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all right? Now, Matthew was like today's uh, equivalent of today would be like the IRS agent, okay? Everybody hated this man. Um, uh, he was a tax collector. And now he changed. He changed after he started following Jesus. He, he got, you know, 
He wasn't a tax collector anymore, but that, that was one. The second guy, Mark, we're not really sure who exactly what Mark did other than he, he was likely an evangelist or, or a preacher. Um, the, the next guy, Luke. Luke was a doctor. And then you got John. John was a fisherman. Now, that's what these guys did. That's who they were. And all four of these guys in person knew Jesus. They saw him die. And then three days later, they saw him alive again. And so, and they all wrote about it. They all wrote that in, in letters. And as a matter of fact, um, uh, it's what we call today the four gospels and they're in the Bible. Well, in, I, I know that you noticed something when this week you were reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in preparation for Easter Sunday. Um, yeah, aha, see, we know who didn't because they, they laughed. I, I don't know. But uh, they all correlate. They all match up. They they're telling the same story from four different people. That, that's one reason why we believe this. Now, um, here's another person, another ancient uh, eyewitness was James. James, the brother of Jesus. Now, just th- there's a book in the Bible, a letter in the Bible named James, and this is this guy. And if, just think for a minute. If you, ha- you have a brother or a sister, let's say you have a brother, and uh, what would it take for them to convince you that they were the son of God? What would it take? I mean, you know them. I mean, you've seen them every day. They, they couldn't pull the wool over your eyes, right? They couldn't fake you out because you know them. You have been with them since, you know, they're, since they were born. What would it take? Well, for me, there's only one thing. It, it wouldn't be any tricks. It would, it would only be one thing, and that is if I saw them dead and then I saw them come back to life, I'm going to believe it. I mean, that's what it would take for me. Well, it happened for James. James, the brother of Jesus, actually believed that Jesus was the son of God, and and he actually saw him come back to life. Now, there's another guy. His name was Saul. Um, Not the TV show Better Call Saul. I've never seen it, but that's not him, in case (laughs) you've seen that. Um, uh, This is a different Saul. This is a guy that actually was alive back in these days, and Saul was kind of the modern-day equivalent of an ISIS radical. He hated Christian Jesus follower people. He killed them. He had them put in prison. Uh, He made it his life's mission to destroy the church. Well, something happened. He had an encounter with God himself, and he got his name changed to Paul, and he became one of the most uh, active church followers or church Christ follower, church people, Christian guys that, that we see in history. And, and he believed in Jesus and he saw these things. Jesus uh, was just real in these people's eyes and they wrote about it. And then, let's see, um, we believe this because over time, the writings of these guys and others, these letters that they wrote, became uh, so widespread and people began to read them and read these accounts of what happened and what God had said or done or Jesus, who he was, it started changing their lives. I mean, it started becoming um, these, it started being life-giving. These writings uh, were recognized as special and the, uh, what, ha- what happened was there was the, the leaders of the church very meticulously and very carefully took these letters that had been changing lives. 
that had been touching people, and it was, it was a mass, it was a big, big deal. They took them, and they collected them together, and they, they kind of bound them up in one book, which we call the New Testament. And they took that, and then they added it to what was already written was the Old Testament. They put it together in this one form, and today we know that as a, it's Bible. Bible. Uh, That's where it came from. And so, um, you know, we believe that this Easter story is true because there are eyewitnesses. We also believe it was true because these eyewitnesses, a lot of them gave their life for it. A lot of them died pretty rough, but they did it. It didn't matter to them. They believed in Jesus. They were following him, not because of what they'd heard, not because of some story they had been told. They did it because of what they saw, and they wrote about what they saw. And, And if you take a look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the letters that these guys wrote, um, they read like history. They show how these guys messed up. They show how they were insecure. They showed how they were cowards. Um, they, they told about the bad things. I mean, let's take, for example, um, all of them. Um, when Jesus was arrested and he was taken in, he was gonna be killed and crucified, all the disciples of Jesus that have followed him around, many of them which wrote, things that are now in the Bible, they ran off and hid like little chickens. Boom, they were gone. Uh, Not one of them attended Jesus's funeral. They didn't want to have anything to do because they thought, hmm, if they arrested Jesus and they killed him, they're going to kill us too. So they they weren't brave at all. Uh, Peter, one one of those 12 guys, got asked by a little girl, hey, weren't you with Jesus? Heck no, I don't know him. I don't know who you're talking about. I mean, they just, they looked awful. Now, if it were me and I was writing letters and, and I was making up a story, I'd have made myself look a whole lot better than they did. I'd have said, yeah, and, and I fought and, and I took down four of them and, and they, they wanted to crucify me too, but I was too, whatever. I would have made something up. Instead, these guys wrote things that look like real life. Not a fabricated story, but real events. They didn't hide anything. So that's another reason why we believe this Easter story. Now, um, here's another reason. Because I've talked to, Ed's talked to modern day people that are alive right now witnesses who have had their own experiences with the living Jesus. Obviously, they weren't alive when Jesus was crucified and came back alive, but I've talked to people who have connected with God and their life has changed. This, the Bible and the things that were happening when people read it then and, and took it to heart then are happening today. I've talked to these people over the years, countless numbers of how it changed their lives, how things are on track, how they've been saved, how things have totally turned around. I have seen, I've seen and, and heard from actual people. And then I have my own experiences of how God has touched my life, how I, the things that Jesus did affected me. I, I can remember a specific story. Just this one is like anchors me. I was young. I, I, was, I don't know how old I was, but I was young. And uh, 
this, there, there was a, a preacher and, and he was talking to people and he, he kind of pointed me out and he said, hey, I want to tell you something. And he started to tell me of things that, something that, that I had done that really wasn't good. Sorry, mom, I'm not perfect. And, um, <laughs> and there was no way in the world he could have known that. Zip, no possible way. I didn't know this man. He'd never met me. No way. I'm the only one that knew this, okay? He couldn't know. But yet he told me exactly, or he told me enough to let me know that he knew what had happened. And I was amazed. From that day forward, I thought, there's no doubt in my mind that God, the Bible, Jesus, this is all real. It's all real because there's no way. And, and, and any time I've ever in my life thought, mm, I don't know, but that just anchors me back. Hey, don't you remember? Oh, yeah. I remember. So I've had my own experiences. And these are reasons why we believe the Easter story are true. And the resurrection story about Jesus is so true. So what does the Easter story mean for me and for you? What difference does it make right now today in Bay City, Texas, in our lives here? Well, we want to suggest we can put it all in one big word, hope. Hope. Say that with me. Hope. Just a great word. And we're going to talk about two sides of the coin regarding hope. First off, we're going to talk about hope for eternal life. Hope for eternal life. After I'm dead and gone from planet Earth, I'm not going to be dead. I'm going to still exist in another form. And the Bible says and teaches us stuff about that. But for the point is, today there is an eternity, and I'm going to be around, and so will you. Well, because of the resurrection, we can have hope for an eternity with God. One night, a man came to Jesus, and he wanted to talk to him. And he was a bit of a coward, kind of like the disciples later. He wouldn't come during the day. He was a religious leader and kind of had a reputation. But on the other hand, he had honest questions, and he came humbly to Jesus at night. And so Jesus was willing to talk to him, and his name was Nicodemus. And so they're talking about spiritual things and eternal life. And then Jesus says this very important, powerful statement to him. And we want to look at this from the Gospel of John, chapter 3. Look what Jesus said to Nicodemus. He says this, For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Jesus is talking to Nicodemus about himself, and Jesus knows his mission. He knows eventually he's going to be crucified on a cross and die for the sins of the world. And he's telling Nicodemus, God loves you and all people who will ever live. He loves you so much that he has sent me to die so that everyone who believes will not perish but have eternal life, have an eternal life with God. Guys, Jesus was the real deal son of God who did what he came to do, who fulfilled his mission, who did die and yet was raised from the dead on the third day. Now, in our upcoming series, Q&A, we're going to talk about world religions. But today we want to say this is what distinguishes Christianity, among other things. This is one of the most important things, is that only Jesus is still alive. You can't find the bones of Jesus. Muhammad died, stayed dead. Buddha, still dead. Confucius, still dead. You can go on and on and on. All other religions of the world, the founders are dead. But not Jesus. God raised him from the, death, from the dead so you and I can have eternal life. 
Now let's look at another scripture here. Years later, Jesus' brother John wrote a letter to some other Christians. And he's talking about eternal life. And he adds some more understanding to it. Look at what Jesus' brother John said. Whoever has the Son has life. So right there he's saying this eternal life Jesus told Nicodemus about. If you have him in your life, you have life. Whoever does not have God's Son does not have life. I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. So that you may know. God wants us to not only understand and receive this wonderful gift of salvation and forgiveness in a relationship with Him, but He wants us to be 100% confident that we have this for eternity. He wants us to know for certain. A lot of folks are like this. They, they believe in Jesus, but they're also thinking they got to earn their way to heaven too. And so kind of like the balances of a scale, you know, whatever's heaviest weighs down here and the light side goes up. They think, well, if I do just enough good, it'll outweigh the bad, and, and, you know, maybe it's just a little more than the bad, but God will look at that and say, okay, you're in, you know, come on, whatever. They don't have an assurance. You know, they messed up really bad. This last week, you really blew it bad, and, and you just feel all guilty and shameful. And you're like, yeah, I don't know if I'm God's child anymore, if I'm a Christian, if I go to heaven, because you're looking at your performance. But it's not about your performance. It's about what Jesus did. And John is writing, saying, God wants you to have an assurance so for some folks, God wants to really, really deal with your heart so that you can know, you know what, I get it. From this day forward, I'm not going to doubt my salvation. No matter how much I mess up, I'm going to keep believing and trusting that I am in God's family. God wants us to know for certain that your sins are forgiven and that you have a personal, loving, and powerful relationship with Him both now and forever. He wants you to be assured of it. There's a, a, a man a few years back named Blunden. You may have heard of this guy. He was a famous tightrope walker. This guy would take a, a high wire and string it between skyscrapers like he did in Manhattan once and other places around the world. And he'd walk back and forth across it, uh, lay down on the wire. I've seen pictures. I remember looking at this stuff a while back. and This guy was just crazy amazing, you know. Well, you may have heard about he did this at Niagara Falls. If anybody been to Niagara Falls, raise your hand. There's a couple in there that are awesome. Well, the rest of you, if you got that bucket list of where you got to go, Grand Canyon, hopefully, put Niagara Falls on it. It is amazing. Here's what you do at Niagara Falls. You, you lean over the rail. You look at this amazing waterfall. The roar is so loud, and you just go, <laughs> I mean, it's just awesome, and you're just awestruck. Well, Blunden gets his high wire and strings it all the way across in front of the falls. Hundreds of people, no, it's thousands of people, I'm sorry, came to see him, and he walked back and forth across a number of times. And they're just all clapping, this is amazing, wow, you're incredible. Then he's, he comes off the wire and he says, hey, you've seen me do this a few times now, who wants to go with me? Yeah, the crowd is just what you did. Really? I can carry you across. I'm strong. I, I can do it. Come on. Who, who'll, who'll come on my back and make this trip across the rope and back? Well, nobody did. So they, they believed he could do it, but they didn't believe they could trust him with their life and do it. That's what we're talking about today. Not just, oh, well, yeah, I get about Jesus did that. Sure, yeah, I can recognize that. No, this is a belief that you put your 
life into his. You trust him with your life. And when we go all in with Jesus, God works in our heart. And we can have what John talked about here. We can know with 100% certain assurance that we have eternal life. So that's the hope for eternal life. But let's flip the coin over and look at this. There is also hope for this present life. Jesus didn't come just to give you fire insurance, you know, for eternity. You don't go to one place, you go to this other place. He came to start eternity now in your life, that heaven on earth is what your life is about. Jesus said, I came that they could have abundant life here on earth. He wants your life to be full of his presence and his power, his love. He has an awesome life for each and every one of us. He wants us to have hope for this life. The guy that uh, Chad referenced earlier, Paul, he wrote a letter to some friends in Rome in a church there. And I want us to look at what Paul wrote to these Christians in the city of Rome. Look at what he said. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. All right? So he's saying, you guys who've gone all in with God, he said yes to Jesus. That Spirit is in you now. And look at the rest. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. So he's making a reference to God, just like he raised Jesus' body from the dead. His spirit within you will impact your physical life even, but it's also a metaphor for your whole life, your whole being. He's saying the spirit of God will impact your entire life. God is in you. He's not just a, a distant friend. He's right, he's right by you. He's right there to walk with you, to love you to guide you, to bless you, to, to get you back on track when you're getting off and away from his best. His spirit within you brings his life into your life. So you can not only celebrate Easter, but you can live it. We have the resurrection life. We are an Easter people because God is here to bless us, and his spirit within us brings his life into our life. I want to mention just a few things that, that God wants to do in all of our lives. First off, he wants to begin if you're not there today, he wants to begin this awesome relationship with you. And today, Chad's going to lead us in a moment. You can begin a wonderful relationship with God. But besides your relationship to God, God cares about your life, and he wants to help in your human relationships. And we all know that human relationships can be an amazing blessing and an amazing burden at times. A terrific high point of your week and terrific low point can all come from interaction with other people. God wants to come into that. So much of what is written in the New Testament helps us to understand and to live with each other and grow in love. He wants to bring healing to broken relationships. He wants to bring wholeness to our brokenness. If we're honest, ain't none of us perfect. We, we, we all have flaws and problems. We just finished a series in our church about change and how God wants to bring change into our life not because he's mad at us, but because he loves us and wants to help us and wants us to have this awesome life Jesus came for. And part of it is that we need to change. And we've had people, you know, respond and give us feedback saying, man, I'm trying to change and it's hard, but it's working. And people around me are scratching their head, but God's doing something cool in my life. He's bringing wholeness to brokenness. He wants to do that in all of our lives. So, folks, it is critical. It is critical for all of us to see that to God, we are supremely valuable. He sent his son to die for you and for me and every person who's ever lived and ever will live. Every person is that valuable to God. He gave the best he could give his own son. 
You're so valuable. He cares about you so much. And you might say, Ed, you don't know me. I, I think I'm pretty much just a scumbag. <laughs> I mean, I'm just selfish and mean and use people. I'm horrible. He loves you. Jesus died on the cross for you. I mean, this Jesus on the cross was telling God, forgive these people who are killing me. That's how much God loves us. That's how much he loves you. You're that valuable, that lovable by God, and you're that forgivable. Oh, Ed, you don't know what I've done, man. <laughs> I really ought to be in jail instead of here this morning or whatever. God says, no, everything's forgivable. Not, look again, looking at us and saying, well, what we did wasn't that bad. No, no, we do bad stuff. We know that. But how big his heart is, how powerful the resurrection is, everything's forgivable. I don't care if you hollered at the wife, screamed at the kids, and kicked the dog this morning. It's all forgivable. Everything is forgivable. And with him in our lives, we are all capable of having a wonderful life here on earth. You might say, Ed, I got no hope, man. I mean, if you knew my life and my circumstances, eh, I, shoot, I, I don't think so. That's not what Jesus said. He came to give you and you and me and Chad an abundant life. And with him in our lives, we can have this life on earth. And so when we realize this, when we really get that God loves us this much, that Jesus died for you, it becomes almost a no-brainer. I mean, it's, it really is just a no-brainer to go all in with God and start this life with him. So as we close out today's service, we want to take a second to talk to two groups of people that are likely in here with us today. The first group is this, that you believe in the resurrection of Jesus. You've come to that place in your life where you are, you're like, I believe it. I, I believe in the Bible. I, I get it. I want, I, I'm, I'm, I want to grab hold of that, and I want to start a meaningful relationship with God. And, and maybe, maybe you've played around before, but you're like, you're serious. Like, hey, I want to I do this. Well, if that's you, I want to recommend that you do something. As a matter of fact, I want to recommend that you take a second right here, right now to do it now. I mean, you can start a meaningful relationship with God right here today. And it's really, really simple. And what I want to do is give you an example. I want to, I'm going to kind of model for you how I would talk to God if I was there. If I was saying, today I want to start that, today I'm serious, this is how I would talk to God, and I want to encourage you to do the same. You can make these words your own. You can, you can talk to God yourself. You can like, be doing this with me if you like, and, and it can begin with you. So here, here's how I would do it. I, I would say something like this. God, I want to be all in with you. I, I want you to lead my life. Um, I've tried it, and... You know, my, my way hasn't really worked all the time. Um, please, God, please forgive me. Please forgive me where I've gone wrong. Oh, please forgive me where I made mistakes and where I did wrong on purpose. I, I knew, but I did it anyway. Please forgive me for those things and help me not to go back to them. I don't, want to, I don't want that to be part of my life anymore. Holy Spirit of God, please speak to my heart every day. Help me to live Jesus' example. Help me to be uh, what I was born to be. And Jesus, thank you so much 
for dying on the cross and, and coming back to life so I could have this relationship with God, so my sins could really be forgiven. Thank you so much for loving me, God, and wanting me as part of your, as part of your family. I want to start today. Amen. That, that's kind of how I would do it. That, that would be my conversation with God, just saying, Here, here's the real deal, here's my heart. And, and if that's you, and you today was that day for you, um, I wanna ask you to do something, and that is on that Connect card that you were in the handout that you got, there's a little line on that front of that card that says, today I started a meaningful relationship with God. And if you would please X that, and what it'll do, it lets us know that you started this today, and we wanna celebrate with you. We want to, we, we wanna send you something from church. We just wanna say, hey, here's the next step. Now that you've done that, let's keep going on the, on the right track. And, and that would be, we, we feel it's our responsibility to reach out and celebrate with you because this is a big, big deal. Now, there's one a second group in here that you might be saying, look, I just came to church because it's Easter, okay? Um, <laughs> you know, and that's okay. I mean, we're so glad you came. We made room for you today. We started a second service at 8.30 in the morning so there would be room for you to be coming come here the, uh, this, at the 10.30. That's what we did. We want you here. And you say, yeah, I, I know, but I came because I was a little curious. So I'm not really sure. Here's what you can do. Come for a little while and try it out. Just, just come. Come a few Sundays. Come and see what we're doing. Um, listen to what, what's being said and, and, and see. Check it out. Now, uh, I, I would so much in, encourage you to come next week. All right, let's pray. Lord, thanks so much that we get to participate in the resurrection. That because Jesus died and you raised him to life again, we can have your same powerful resurrection life in us too. So we just celebrate and say, praise you that he is risen. Lord, thanks for each person who's here. We pray you would bless them with your joy and your presence in Jesus' name. Amen.